Hey, Cedar Rapids music scene. It's Mike Schulte. How's everybody doing today? Got another great uh, local artist interview for you here today. Amy Friedel Stoner, if you don't know her, um, get to know her on this episode because uh, she's doing some great things around here in the area. And I think she can provide a little insight to, um, to what we all do just in a different way. Um, so check out this episode. Please don't forget to hit uh, subscribe and like and share this podcast. We really appreciate it. It's a lot of work for me and Age. We love it, but also it'd be great if uh, if we got more people listening to it. So without further ado, let's talk. time to introduce who you've just been hearing, uh, Amy Friedel Stoner. You got it. I can pronounce that perfect. Perfect. It's Friedel German. It's German. Oh uh, yeah, you like very Schulte. Much. That so double German. vowel in there. Yeah, Friedel. Yeah. Friedel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well um, Amy, I, I wanted to bring you on for a couple of reasons. I've actually never met you. This is the first time we've met. It's very true. We're we're Facebook friends. Which is really all that matters. And Instagram yeah. friends, so you would think we know each other so well. Best However, friends. we know nothing. Right. And I thought I thought we would get your uh, perspective on this music scene from a different light. We've been talking a lot uh, with uh, bands and like originals and covers, and yep. and I think you kind of bring a different um, a different a style of music and a different scene of music almost to to our area. So I think I'd love to learn a lot more about you. But I have a question yeah. we ask everybody first. Yes. How did you uh, first get involved in music and loving music and what's your musical upbringing I was born singing I sang all the time I started taking voice lessons in like third grade played the piano did that whole thing um in high school I took voice lessons I then went to Simpson College for opera vocal performance I did that for a little bit and then decided I actually don't really like opera (laughs) (laughs) so I is that a dying art um, the, the crowd is dying. The well, audience the is dying audience a little bit. Is not... There's some, it's expensive to do opera. Uh, it's really expensive. You mean to put on an opera or to, to be involved an opera. in opera? To put on an opera. And then there's just, because people aren't doing it, there's not as many jobs. So I knew I would be a terrible music teacher. So I was, I left Simpson. I was like, I, if I'm not performing, I don't want to teach. Um, came back to Kirkwood, did the jazz program there. And learned how taught to sing. It, with, taught the jazz program. No, I, I oh, went. You were involved. I, in I jazz. was involved. I learned how to sing with a mic there. I learned how to sing straight tone. I had never done any of that. What's straight tone? No vibrato. Okay. So not like this big operatic sound. Like more of a jazz. Yeah. Like um and uh, and Kirkwood was great. People can make fun of Kegwood all they want to, but I learned a Kegwood. lot. I learned a lot in the jazz. I did. I went to Ker- I went to Kegwood. See. It's all about I it. Yeah, I exactly. Gone to Kegwood. And look at us here. Look how successful That's we right. all are. I had a, <laughs> I had a, I had a scholarship bro. to Kegwood. Thank you. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but no, I essentially stopped singing for a little while because actually when I when I left Simpson, I came back and I had messaged my voice 
teacher at the time. I was like, hey, I'm not going to Simpson, but I still want to study. Can I study with you? And she had said, if you're not doing it professionally, I won't work with you. So to me, that was my first clue of like, okay, if I'm not doing this professionally, it's not worth doing at all, which clearly is not true. Well, okay. So did you get to a point where you were like, oh, okay, well, music was just a children's thing. I'm done singing and performing. I didn't sing or perform for about four years. I went to hair school. I worked. um, I did a ton. And eventually I ended up doing some stuff at Theater Cedar Rapids. I was like, oh, it'll just be my hobby. So I did stuff at Theater Cedar Rapids for like four years. I did shows there. And that's where I really built a lot of my audience, if you would call it that, is just getting to know people there, performing for free. And then saying, oh, by the way, I've got another show coming up. Right. And then I didn't start doing cabaret until after I had my son, which was really stupid. I should have done that before I had a child. Well, but uh, I did my first cabaret in 2015. So, so first, before I, before you get into that, I want to go yeah. back. So, um, what actually made you think that you? I did the same thing. I stopped playing music when I graduated college, and okay. I'm like, oh, I need to have a real job. And right, makes music was just for fun. Um, but then significant events brought me back into it and I can't imagine my life without it. And I can't imagine why I stopped. Yeah. But like, did you have a moment that, that brought you back into it? You know, I would do that like drunk girl thing of like karaoke and people would be like, Oh, Oh, you're actually good. Yeah. yeah, Right. (laughs) Um, So that, you know, whatever, that was always fun to do, I guess. But I, my parents were like, you need to get back involved. My mom would always like clip out of the paper and send me in the mail auditions really? for like TCR shows. So I actually, the first thing I did was Follies. I knew Follies accepted like 75 people or something. Like, so I was like, if so I your can't, heart's not going to get broken so that I you can't make it. was like, if I can't get into Follies, I'm never fucking doing, can I swear on this? A fuck okay, yeah, okay, you okay, can. Okay. I'm never doing anything again. <laughs> but if I can make it into Follies, maybe I'll audition for something else. So I ended up getting a solo in Follies and I was like, okay, then I got the balls to audition for a TCR show. And then after that, and so... That was kind of one thing sort of led to another from from there. So and, and now and now it's become I mean you're 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 not doing this full time, are you? I mean it, No, it's a, I mean, but it's another career. It's another career. Yeah, I finally stopped saying calling it my music thing. Yeah, it's, it's my it's, music career. It's a career. Yeah. Do you have do you have aspirations to get further along? I do, you know, I have a six six and a half year old. So for me, like I'll I'll live here until he graduates. Um, but I travel a lot and right. sing quite a bit out of town. So I would love to do that. It's a hustle. Yeah. Um, I also, I'm a hairstylist. I also basically run my own business on that end of things. So, um, yeah, I would love to sing more and do hair less. Sing more, <laughs> do hair less. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think, um. I think we all are kind of, we're all to the age where we realize like it's not as easy as it used to be. Yeah. And, and you really have to, like, it's got to be significant money to go, to go to do something where it used to be like, Oh, I got to pay you $500, but I'm going to play in Colorado. I'm there. Right. Absolutely. But now it's like, no, 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 I got all these responsibilities. I can't do that. It's got to, for you to be able to quit everything you're doing right now to do this full time would be pretty intense. It has to be a lot. And you know, I feel like an asshole sometimes if people offer me a certain amount to go like do a show in Mason city, Right. but it's like, it's hard to explain if I take time off of work particularly. And then also I, you know, I, I can play piano, but I don't accompany myself. Right, so so you, then I'm hiring at musicians. least a pianist, if not, you know, three, four piece band. 
I can't ask them to go to Mason City yeah. for free, you know, or wherever. Unless the money is is, is where it is needs to be. Yeah. yeah, and that's the tough part because they could easily hire somebody who's maybe in their who's twenty years old or something, yep. and like they could probably do that. Yeah. But if you want me, it's just it's just gonna have to be more. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk a lot about exposure gigs. I don't do a lot of those anymore. Exposure gigs. <laughs> that's actually the only currency that we accept. It's is, just exposure. Is exposure. Yeah. Shares and like. Yeah, I mean, and, like that's that's really how we get our fuel. You know, we sure. don't we don't take money. We just right. want exposure. I yeah, know we had to I offer you a ton of exposure, like to to come onto the podcast. Absolutely. Yes, she's our first paid guest yeah. of the, yeah. Yeah. Of the podcast. Right. Oh God, don't tell people that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> the amount of exposure it took. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> it's huge. We're actually hoping your you will give our podcast some exposure. That's right. So you That's why we're paying you. No promises. <laughs> well, what what I mean? So explain to uh, the listener because I actually don't know much about it either. Like, what exactly is cabaret? So cabaret has lots of different definitions. Um, a lot of times people think it's burlesque. They think I'm going to strip. Uh, okay. I don't strip. I'm I, sorry I that, to all the listeners. Sound... I keep my clothes on. During <laughs> Have you had disappointed uh, um, people show up? My ex-husband and I went to Chicago years ago, and he told his friends, uh, my wife's singing in this cabaret club, and his friend was like, sweet. And like three of his <laughs> friends came. <laughs> and then when they got there, there was this like super flamboyant dude up singing like all that jazz. And they were like, excuse me? We thought is this was this, like cabaret, like the movie. Is he taking his clothes <laughs> off? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no. Oh, that's why there was a movie. That's cabaret, why. Yeah, okay. the cabaret. Uh, clubs. So, um, but cabaret really is like storytelling through song. So it's, it's really lyric driven. Okay. So, um, you know, the tribute like cabarets that I've done aren't actually true cabaret, true cabaret, like New York cabaret is just, you think of it as like classic, a woman in a smoky bar, woman or man in a smoky bar with a piano. A little old timey of sorts. More like great American songbook. Okay. Um, musical theater stuff like Cole Porter, um, you know, Judy Garland, you think of like that type of, Mm -hmm. that's classic cabaret. Around here, it's a little bit different because um, people like Lynn Rothrock, who've been doing it for a while, you know, she kind of started the whole thing of like, she has a full band. Well, in a big city, I would never be able to afford a big, a whole band. Um, Like a big band, you mean? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. But here it's like, typically what I do for my shows is like piano, drums, bass, sometimes guitar. Um, And it's a huge mix of, of songs. Like I'm really schizophrenic with my music taste. So it can be like, um, there might be some great American songbook stuff, but it's like James Taylor. Maybe there's, um, I did a Tom Waits song. There's, you know, a, a Prince tune or there's like a country song, but it all usually follows a storyline. So I typically think of it as like, um, I, it, it just kind of depends on whatever the theme of the show is, but even the show doesn't have to be themed. It can just be like people literally hearing me come to hear me talk about shit that I'm interested in or sad about or inspired about. So is it, is it very, is it uh, storytelling esque? Like Absolutely. in between the songs, we need to talk and we yep. need to banter. And yep. And usually like why I picked a song. A lot of times now when I sing around here, I'm talking about like traveling to New York or things that I've experienced there that maybe um, people here wouldn't because some people here don't travel so as much. Do you, how does it compare to really then theater in general? Cause to me like theater is, or sorry, like musical yeah, yeah, yeah. because like it's, it's, we're telling it's stories similar. and we're doing stuff, mm-hmm. but then we're also very lyrically driven singing this song. Right. So I'm not a character during okay. the shows. Like okay. I'm 100% myself. I, a lot of times feel like I'm more myself when I'm on stage than I am in person just cause it's, I'm way more relaxed up there, mm. but I don't typically like, I have something planned that I'm going to talk about. Like, let's say I'm singing, 
something in the way she moves by James Taylor. I know, I know what I'm singing about, so I'll talk about that. But I'm not like in 1970. Like I don't have a script. <laughs> yeah, you know? you're not reading. <laughs> so from it's kind a of more off the cuff, or like especially. But if you somebody, know the general direction you're gonna go. Yeah, but I do play off of the audience a lot too. Like especially if there's like louder people, it's typically in smaller clubs, so I can interact with the audience more. Um, it doesn't have to be, but like Opus Concert Cafe downtown, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, it's like night seats max 90 people yeah that's right so you can see a lot of the people there um and i like to give people shit during my shows so kind of like you know if they're singing along or like super into it um i often also know a lot of the people there so being able to kind of uh banter with them but so it's different than musical theater and the fact that there's not like a script Okay. If that makes sense there's a really loose uh like outline is what i do um but i mean i uh, I was listening to one of your old episodes where you talked about bands not having a set list. And I'm yeah. like, how would someone not have right? a set list? Like, <laughs> I have a very specific order and flow. Yeah, and this is how we've practiced it, and everything does this. Yeah, especially because you don't want to do, like, four big ballads in a no. row. And the audience is just like, give us a break. We've you know? all been like, there without set lists before, but, oh, yeah. Yeah. man, it's just the way it works. It works so much better with a set yeah. list when 100%. everybody knows what's happening. Yeah. So they're like, what are we playing next? Like, can yeah. you imagine you turn around no. and be like, What's all you guys want to no, play next? No. I'm too much of a control freak. And for then that. you're all, then it becomes like the audience thinks they can start saying songs 100%. to sing. No, no, no. You yeah, can't no, tell me what, what, right. what that is. This isn't what that is. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The dying question that I'd like to ask you is Has yeah. anyone ever yelled out Freebird at one no. of your shows? No. You've oh, never wow. had anyone no. yell Freebird at your show? No. I think a lot of times AJ, people we're are afraid. Go next time. <laughs> we're going to find out. Yeah, you guys can find I think a lot of times people are afraid to yell that out. Also, my crowd is probably a little bit older and a little bit more okay. sober than okay. some of and the pork tornadoes. Crowd, probably. Yeah. Than yeah. we are. Yeah. <laughs> than, than we currently are right now. Yeah. <laughs> what are, what are some of the uh, musicians that you play with? Like name off some of the, the people that, um, your go-to musicians. So some of my go-to musicians, I've, mainly worked with Luke Vertle as my music director for the last few years. And uh, Luke, I met through, uh, he was playing for Mirage. So I did a Carol King tribute show um, with Mirage. I kind of partnered with them. I met Luke there. So Luke is great. He's super hardworking. He was a voice major at Co. So he understands both worlds right. for me. But he's also, he's played in like Dr. Z. Right. So Mirage, he's got the kind of um, looser feel to it yes, at the same and he time. Can, as... He makes charts super fast wow. for my musicians. Like Luke's great. He's super hardworking. He's awesome. Um, I work with Ian Draves quite a bit. Oh yeah. Uh, just Ian's, in the past couple years. Ian's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I have a funny story about Ian in a second. Um, yes. I work with Tim Crumley, who is kind of more of a jazz dude. Um, uh, what's Tim play? Drums. Oh, okay. I, I knew yeah. I recognized that name. And Tim is yeah. great because he, like, you give him the charts, he shows up, he doesn't really say much, he plays exactly how you need him to, he right. just kind of does his thing. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of who, I've worked with Ryan Phelan on the Mirage oh, yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, um, I've worked with Rich Wager. I'm trying to think of guitarists. Oh, uh, Lots of different people. Um, Greg Hans, like Gerard on certain gigs. Um, But yeah, if I'm always open to using new people, Um, it's for what I do, like no one has to have a music degree. They don't have to have a master's. I've worked with Blake Shaw. Um, But they need to be able to read charts at least, um, not necessarily even music. I mean, that helps, especially if we're doing like a musical theater number, but Luke makes charts, you know, just chord charts or whatever. So but well, the what main about, thing what, is they need to be professional. So what about for drummers though? Cause there's not really like chord charts. So you nope. kind of, you kind of have to be you reading just, music. You know, not or necessarily. Not really. You just have to be able to feel it and okay. do it and just not overplay and not be an asshole. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm borderline on, yeah. on your assessment yeah, of drummers. Drummers. Right now. Like, yeah, I'm drummers. very borderline. Yeah. Put, me, put me low in your list of fill-ins, all okay, right? Okay, okay, okay. I'm pretty sure you're probably busy enough already. I'm, a nice I'm not guy, sure I can pay you enough to pull you no, away no, from, no, a, no. from a pork tornado. And yeah, I'll bring my drum kit with the pork tornado's front logo yes, on it. Like the neon do. lights. Yes, the lights and the, the neon lights and the yeah. drums. <laughs> you'll, you'll be yelling Freebird from yeah. behind the drum set. <laughs> Who said that? Yeah. Well, I think you can attest to, I know you said you play piano. Is that the only instrument you play? Or can you strum a guitar a little bit? A little bit, but I'm really trying to learn accordion. Okay. I can't find someone. I have one. I can't find someone to teach me. So I'm doing online shit right now, like trying to watch YouTube these YouTube videos. YouTube can teach you whatever videos. you yeah. want to know. Yeah, yeah. But I play piano. Like, I don't accompany myself, but I play enough um, to, you know, plunk things out and do chords and, and kind of write a little bit, although I don't currently perform any of my own music. So Well, you're a perfect uh, candidate to answer this question that I think we all know the answer to is, um, you know, th- is there some major music talent in this town? Oh my gosh, it's huge, especially when I because I do go to New York and St. Louis and Chicago a lot, and there's talented people there. But it's amazing to me to look back. Number one, we have some of the most beautiful venues yeah. and impeccably <laughs> kept. Isn't that insane? That yeah, they're amazing. And when my friends from New York see photos of my gigs, they'll be like, "Where is that?" I'm like that's Iowa. not in Iowa. It's in the middle of Iowa. Yeah. yeah. And also just how much people in Cedar Rapids support music. I realize that some people might not agree with that as far as um, original music, but like the fact that you know, 400 people come to a show in New York. Do you know how hard it would be to get 400 people so, to come? Because there's so, you know, there's just a lot more things going on. But it's good to hear that because I, I think the, the reason this whole group started was, was I just had a thought that like, there's so much talent around here and there's such incredible musicians and great places to play yeah. that like, why, why are crowds not coming out in droves? Mm-hmm. And that's why we started this. But I think, I think it's cool to hear you say that, that like, hey, you guys think that it's Cedar Rapids problem, but it's not, it's actually- Oh, it's all over. Yeah, it's just everywhere. It's just hard to get people out to see music, right? Yep. Oh, absolutely. But I I will say, I mean, when you look at all the people that are performing and the bands that are performing, and when you look at all of the things that are going on simultaneously, like you and I had a show the same weekend in February. In the same building. In the same building. (laughs) Uh, we both sold out. Yours was yeah. slightly larger well, than mine. No, was. Come on. Um, but but seriously, like I remember somebody saying, like, "Oh, are you afraid they're gonna take your audience?" And I was like, "Well, one, we have like we have some overlap, but we have different." But there's enough people yeah. here. Um, also, that's one of my things when people get like really jealous or shitty of other people. It's like, well, just because you're in a band and doing a show doesn't mean that I can't do one. Right. So you know, there's not like only so much art to go around. You can literally create as much of it as you want to. And as long as you're out there like hustling and getting to know people and also supporting other people doing it, like not to be super Pollyanna, but like you have to support other people and be a little bit positive. Cause if you're shitty and don't go to anyone else's stuff, you can't really be like, well, they don't come to mind. You're going to get weeded out real fast. If that's your attitude. Yeah. So we, we just on the last episode just talked about how last Friday, for instance, mm-hmm. I wanted to go out and see live music Yeah, and I went on my Iowa live music app and yeah. I found 12 shows in Cedar Rapids that started all around the same time and seven of them were outdoors. And in my mind, I started going, Oh my God, that's too many. Right. They're, and that, how those can are just the ones on that app too. Yeah. Cause there's yeah. a lot that aren't even on there. Yeah. And yeah. I started thinking, how can we support this? And I was, I was sort of negative about it in the fact of like, is there too many shows going on at once? What if people can't show up? But that was a amazing point you just made. Like, 
don't worry if you have a show and you're one of those 12 shows and you're hustling and you're advertising and people know about it and you have a good product, like you don't have to care at all. Absolutely. And I think the good product thing is something too, like I probably prepare too much for my shows, but I guess, you know, I, I'm also coming at it from a different way. Like my shows are typically ticketed. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, the way that I think of it as, as someone is paying $35 to come see me, I owe it to them to be prepared to know what the fuck I'm singing, why I picked it, you know, for me, like have it memorized. Um, and that's just, you know, that's, but I think that's also coming from like being classically trained. Like you don't get to just be like, oh, I think when I'm singing Sondheim, like I think I'll cut off on like beat four ish. Yeah, I'll you know, change like, this no, like note you, right here. Yeah, not that it has to be rigid, but um, I am very particular about how I present myself and and uh, the content. So, you know, I think there's kind of a thing sometimes, not just in Cedar Rapids, but where people like to get up and be like, we haven't even run through this yet. Here we go. It's like, I don't think that's impressive. I think that's kind of uh, disrespectful to your audience. I think, I don't know. Well, yes, yes. And no, I think you're coming from a different world of, of, creating an event and charging a cover, which is what I've, I've been harping on it for a long time is don't just be a band that happens to be on stage in a bar that I'm at. Right. Be the band that I'm making an effort to go see and that you're creating this cool thing and we're doing this tonight and this is what's happening right. tonight and you have to pay to get in or else you can't get in. I mean, right. you're, you're taking it to another level where you have to be professional about it. Yeah, and again, I think that's just probably where I come from. I mean, again, if you're in like a jam band and you guys are, it's different. Like, that's amazing. You know, that's a skill that I don't possess. So that's different, obviously. But, you know, being unprepared and being like, oh, well, you know, because I see that in in my world Do you as really? well in the cabaret world. Yeah. Like, are we doing this in E or what are we like? I just, you're think, hearing them say that on stage, yeah, going, and, and, you know, but again, that's, that's just a personal preference. Not everybody feels that way. So. No, that's, that's super smart. I mean, um, there's a time and a place for just, just fucking around and doing yeah, whatever you knowing want. Knowing your audience, I guess. Knowing your audience, but man, like creating, I mean, you've had such success with that. Cause like just recently you did that same weekend we played at the Paramount. You, what you sold out four shows. We did. Or yeah. Five three, shows. Three shows. Three shows. So you sold out three shows at uh, Opus. It's Opus theater. Opus, Opus concert cafe. Opus concert cafe, right yeah. in the Paramount there. If you've never been there, you got to check it out. It's incredible. It's but beautiful. you did, uh, you did a Fleetwood Mac like tribute thing, we right? did. Yeah. Would you call it a tribute oh. thing? Um, kind of, it's not, so I don't like, I don't do a Stevie Nicks uh, impersonation. Like I don't, I don't play Fleetwood Mac songs in cabaret style in cabaret style. Yeah. And I, so for those shows, like same thing with the Carol King show that we did, like, I don't sound like Carol King. I don't look like Carol King, but, um, what I do in those shows is like, I talk a lot about their history, why they wrote the song. Yeah. So it's basically like a big research project. When I do a show like that, like, I'm not just like, okay, here's Rhiannon, like, I've researched for months, like why they wrote it, how they wrote it, how they recorded it. And Fleetwood Mac is one of those bands that it's a good thing and a bad thing for me. There's so much information yeah, about them that I literally was like, oh my God, I have to like, I couldn't talk about any of like how they recorded the songs, which is fascinating, yeah. but because we were just presenting it live. Um, so that that's a different type of project. Yeah, it's not really like a tribute band, but it's more of a show in honor of them, I guess, and just their music. And I so. wondered that too, because I wanted to make it to that show, yeah. but we obviously had a lot going on. Like, right, I yeah. wonder if you were legitimately just playing the songs tribute style or if you were changing them up but it sounds like you really just kind of uh 
put your own spin on it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, we try not to change them too much to where people are going to be like, okay, this is like a reggae version of... I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac song and <laughs> yeah. I hate this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because people get, even because I'm 36 and there are people, I mean, after every single show, were you even alive when this was... Like, they Come get on. really territorial over it. And I'm like, no, but the great thing about music is that we can still enjoy it. Like, I can still appreciate it. I was not alive during that time, but they're still one of my favorite bands. And so, yeah, people are very, very protective of their uh, their favorite artists. So when you do something like that, uh, is that something that can keep living on or is that just a one-time thing? No, this is something. We're doing it again in July, uh, July 14th. At Here in the, town? The Dubuque Arboretum and Botanical Gardens. Nice. Yeah, it's that's such. we did the Carol King show there too. It's super cool. Um, hundred, I mean, it's just this huge outdoor event. But that's a show that I'll, I'm trying to find a booking manager right now to book that at like different performing arts centers yeah. around, the, hopefully mainly the Midwest. I would love to go farther. Um, but that's a show that like once we have it down, we basically can just do like a quick rehearsal point. and then just hopefully make money off of it. That's that's really cool because now you're. Um, I, I picture so you don't have a booking agent, not yet. So so if you do, I mean, think how easy that is to be able to go check it out. This is me, right. and these are my shows mm-hmm. that I can do. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's just that's an incredible thing for most bands. It's just this is what I do, right? And and if we play it one night, like you're gonna see the same thing the next night. Yeah. Where you could in in reality go, okay, every night is something totally different. Absolutely. And part of the reason why we did the Fleetwood show in Opus, because it's a smaller, um, it's a smaller venue, was I actually wanted to just kind of do a test run. Because it's a huge catalog. It's in all these different parts of my voice, which is really um, daunting for me to think about. And um, same thing with the Dubuque, Dubuque show. Um, my goal for that show is obviously to do a great job, but also to get really great audio, really Correct. great video, really great photos to promo the show. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, and obviously advertise it as well. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a huge project. We've been harping on that for a while. On, on get you have to have good promo materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, it's it's easy to just call someone up and go, hey, I want to put on this show, and this is what it is. And maybe they'll take a chance on you. Um, it might be a reluctant chance, but if you're like, this is what I do, check this video out. Right. And it's pro audio, pro video. I mean, you now, not only did you get the gig, but you probably got a pay raise too. Right. You probably got what you need for money. Absolutely. Monies. Well, and especially like around here, I think people will book me sometimes just because they're like, oh yeah, you've done she shows and I've seen in. you. Yeah, yeah see whatever. Name. But like if I'm trying to book, you know, Kenosha, Wisconsin, they don't know who I am. They don't care. You know, that's why having a show that has a name like Fleetwood behind it, they would much rather book that than like Amy Friedelstoner. Nobody really cares who I am. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Amy's thoughts on, you know, random songs. It's like, no one's going to come see that. I'm not going to draw people in Kenosha based on me. You'd never know. That's true. That's true. You start putting up those slutty time. photos. This that is you've all been my taking. slutty pics. You've been working on that. Please check out my Instagram. No, <laughs> this is all this is all pre talk, guys. That's an inside joke. There. Uh, what's what's the furthest uh, you've you've played a gig so far at this point? Probably New York. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Well, how'd you get the show there? I got the show there by um, I met 
some people down in St. Louis. I went down and did a cabaret conference down there. When I started doing cabaret, I was basically like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I want to be the best at it that I can be. So I went down to a week-long conference down there. In St. Met, Louis? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm and from. And I met, oh, really? Gold I Blues. love St. Louis. St. Louis is a weird town. It's weird, but I really like it. Okay, what do you like about it? Because I grew up there. Well, I like I the people that I know there. Okay. I like, <laughs> I like that. I like also that it seems like you're in a big city, but you're still in the Midwest, yeah. which kind of makes me sound like a loser. But like, just in the way of like, people are still kind of friendly. Yeah. Like, it's not the like, you know. Okay. It's not the crazy hustle bustle of like Chicago and yeah. stuff. But you still get I don't get feel like I'm going to get shot, although certain parts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah certain parts I'm. Where I grew up is now shooty. not very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Place. Yeah. I've always said that if Chicago is Des Moines, then Cedar Rapids is St. Louis. That's, okay. that's what yeah, I've always yeah. kind of said. Like, I can see a little that. more blue collar. Yeah. <laughs> we like our light beers. Yeah. You know, like. yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I, I love St. Louis mostly because of the people. Okay. Um, and that's kind of where my whole like cabaret career started, I guess. That, that's but, where you kind of got the bug to say, I can do this. Yeah, this conference that I went to, you had to like apply, send in a video submission, be accepted, all this stuff. And I got to work with people like um, Billy Stretch. He's Liza Minnelli's music director. He was Tony Bennett's last music director on his last tour. Um, he works with like, he's like the huge cabaret New York guy. The guy. Um, I got to work with Marilyn May. She's a 91-year-old cabaret singer she was on, she, she's amazing she plays in okaboji all the time really she's huge up there yeah so she has been on she was on johnny carson's over 78 times i think oh more than God. any other performer she's amazing Legit. and you yeah. got to you got to work with I her i got to work with her i got to be trained by her and then she invited me to sing with her up in okaboji wow really where'd you do um, that at? Uh, it, they tore it down but it was the new inn the inn is what it was called the Inn. It was called The Inn. It was super, I mean, it was old. They tore it down another How long ago was place. that? Um, four years ago. You're not talking about the roof garden, are you? Mm-mm. No. Different no. one? Okay. No. But she, uh, she's outstanding. I met, like, I just, I got to work with a lot of New York people. Yeah. Like music directors, um, Tony Award winning actresses, little. Um, and so when I, I basically started going out to New York, I met a music director out there and a director out there and they said they wanted to work with me. Um, when I go out there, I'll sing at Birdland because that's where Billy okay. Stritch plays. Um, and then the Carnegie Hall gig that I got to do out there, I got singing in Chicago. I was singing in this club, working with this woman who is head of the Mabel Mercer Foundation. And she chooses, they do these like tribute to, um, oh, to artist nights. So like they did a tribute to Jimmy Van Heusen, who's okay. a composer. He wrote All the Way. Polka Dots and Moonbeams, like all these old um, Great American Songbook stuff. So she asked me to be one of the featured artists in this Carnegie Hall concert. So, you know, my out-of-town stuff, all the, like, I've built that all in basically, like, getting to know people. Like, not by, like... Connections. Connections, yeah. but genu- You're not reaching out to Carnegie Hall saying, let no. me play there. Can I do my Carol? No, yeah. <laughs> I swear, it'll be yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, so just kind of by, like, genuinely getting to know people. I mean, it takes... Well, time and money to do all of those things. And go but see you still shows. Gotta be good too. Absolutely, I keep. Yes, I do. You can be a really nice person. You're really <laughs> sweet, but like, right. uh, You just don't have it. Right. Yeah. No. Those. So those I've I've all gotten basically from like doing workshops, attending performances. That's the other thing. Like making yourself known and absolutely. showing face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we talk about that every probably last episode. Every yep. episode is how important it is to just go out and support live music when you can. Yep. 
make yeah. if if I'm playing and I see you in the crowd, then I'm going to do my best to go see you. Absolutely, and that's probably very similar, right? Absolutely. Well, it's funny. Last weekend, I took my son to see uh, Bamboozlers were playing at Lionbridge at the Salt Farmers Market. I almost thing. went to that one. It was fun. Yeah. It was great. And it's funny because Jason Shattuck afterwards was like, it's so great to see you. Like yeah. he like, you know, came he up actually, and made a point to be like, I'm so glad you're here. And it's funny because I think it does mean even more when you see another musician. I, for me, it does. For me, I get like, fuck, I get super nervous. I get like, I, get that, like, I always want to do a good job, but I'm like, they're judging. Oh, they're, they're watching. they're just judging. Yeah. Um, look at the so, baby. Look at the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, my goal this summer is to try to go to as much live music cool. as possible and different kinds, like things that I don't think I would normally like. Because even if you're going and you see something you don't like, you know that's something you don't want to do in your show then. It's you very know? true. You can actually, it is like a business trip when you go mm-hmm. see other bands. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, you're, you're seeing what they're doing that's good, seeing what they're doing that maybe you don't like, uh, seeing things that you might not notice while you're on stage, like dead air time and things right. like that, that... It's easy to go past that when you're playing, but for sure. Oh man, this is a lot of dead air. Are we yeah. are we doing a lot of dead air? What's going on here? And I mean, that's yeah. that's actually a really great point. Yeah, it's it's changed a lot. I know what's hard for me is, and I hate this. I'm trying to change this, but I think as musicians, a lot of times uh, that whole jealousy, competitive thing can get the best of me where I'm like, well, I don't want to go to that. That's stupid. When really because I'm like, it's going to be really awesome. I, and yeah. I'm jealous because I wish I was doing that or I would have thought of that. And that's so immature and it's so ridiculous. And it's something that unfortunately I still fight. Like I'll admit that it's hard, but it's again, goes back to that thing of like, just because you're doing a really cool show and you booked Paramount or whatever, doesn't mean that I can't or that, you know, I should hate you because yeah. you're doing something cool. It sounds obvious, but it's just, it's something that I, I, I still, I'm just really glad you admitted to that. Cause I think all of us have had those feelings, but we don't want to admit it. Yeah. I, I, I get that all the time. I, I very much, I will see a, a band. I'm like, ah, like why, why are those people going to that show? Like they, they should be coming to my show right. or, or why are they, why do they have so many more fans or whatever? And I mean like, it's so dumb. Yeah. It's a, it's a mind game. It's weird. It, it's, it's like insecurities a little bit. For Musicians sure. are very, I it's mean, that weird thing. You still want to be the best. It's not that you hate people. It's just, yeah. you want to be the I best. I want to be the yeah. best, but how do you Maybe even be the best? Yeah. Right. At yeah. every stage of, of my career that I've gotten to, I've gotten to a point that I wished I could be at mm-hmm. and then immediately found someone else that I wish I could be yeah. better yeah. than, you know, like it's yeah. never going to stop. Yeah. Who's the number one band in the world? Like there's probably not one. Right. And they probably still feel shitty. They probably still do. Yeah. Oh my that, God. That happens for me though too, because like I've had people ask me like, what's your goal? Like you've, you know, what's you your that. main goal? And what's weird is that like, I've only really been doing cabaret music on my own for five years. So, you know, when I think about all the, the stuff that's happened in five years, I tend to downplay that. I tend to be super hard on myself. Um, I haven't even, done enough. Oh, even the Carnegie Hall thing. I'm like, well, yeah, but it wasn't like my own show. Like I just was like, <laughs> you know, and so. Yeah. And I literally know, I know one other person that's, that's played Carnegie Hall. You and, know, like, and so it's hard because sometimes I have to remind myself like, A, it's only been five years. B, like. I'm, you know, I'm a one woman, like I'm doing this on my own. Like there's really no one else helping me. Um, so trying to not be so hard on myself and be like, well, that's, you know, because for me, especially when I go to New York, I get this big, like, 
well, I want to be doing more shows out here and I should be doing this and that. Well, I don't live there. Yeah. I live here. And, you're, and you've made it clear you're not going to move I can't, there. yeah, for yeah. a while. So like, you know, for, for me, it's again, just trying to appreciate it while I'm out there and soak up as much as I can instead of feeling like I'm not doing this or that. It's, 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 it's a mind game. So, but don't you think, I think nowadays with the internet and with how easy it is to reach anyone in the world in one second, I don't know if it's very important for people to necessarily have to live in a certain place. Not necessarily, I mean, unless it's like a weekly reoccurring correct. thing. Correct. Yeah, they, yeah, that would be the thing. Like, mm-hmm. you've got this Tuesday night gig that you always do. Yep. But for you to be able to, to be hired to go play shows, Absolutely. you just need that insanely incredible videos that right. people start looking at online. And for it sure. sounds like you're going to start working towards I am. That's that. one of my goals since listening like music to the Cedar videos. Rapids Music Scene yes. podcast. Um, yes. I am really reluctant to share things. Uh, I'm first of all, pretty private. Like I don't share like, this is what I'm doing for breakfast. Like my son and I are like, I don't share a lot of my son, especially on anything that's public. I stay pretty private with all that stuff. Um, but I think just like a typical Midwestern or that Midwestern nice thing, I think it's, I'm not comfortable talking about myself in the way mm-hmm. of like, oh, here's a video. You should share this and like this. Like that kind of makes me want to vomit. Does it really? Yeah. And so that's something I have to get past. But you know because, it's good. Oh, and you know that people no would one, like it. Exactly. Well, Yes. Or wait, you, know, you don't I know do that people like it. I do think it's good. I hope okay, people would like it. But the thing is, no one's going to do that for you. Yeah. Like, no one's going to be like, hey, Mike, can I take this awesome video of you and share it for all these people? Can I do that yeah. for you? You have to do it for yourself. And and it comes, uh, I've seen this too. Like, uh, the, a lot of my friends are fans of the Pork Tornadoes and they like the page, but sometimes it comes it gets a lot more traction if I also personally share it and put a little story behind it. Yes. Oh, it my, if I share stuff on my personal page, it always gets yeah. more likes and shares than on my yeah. artist page. And I don't know if that's because of Facebook's algorithm. I think half of it probably okay. is that because like there was, I think the Carnegie hall thing, like on my page, you know, hundreds of yeah. likes and all these shares. But and then on the professional page, page there's like 40. I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to, you know, like, yeah. it's like, I have a Carnegie hall. Liking this. Um, so <laughs> again, I also have like zero content out there right now so that's one of my main goals I mean do you think that's you think it's achievable for you to to find some sort of a balance between personal and professional absolutely I think I think it is um it's just one of those things I just have to get over you know it's right it's um it's not I mean if that's my job it's not arrogant to to post about yourself and unless it's just like gratuitous you know all the time like I'm amazing so Um, so who would you who would you look at in this community as being someone that like is at the top end spectrum of wow like everything they do is there it's it's accessible they have no fear they talk about anything they want and people follow them I mean would you say I would say AVP I would too I would say AVP yeah I mean she she'll post anything she doesn't yeah yeah and it's it's a this fear and we've had her on the show before and we've talked about how that can create a lot of negative backlash to her Mm -hmm. and she just moves past it but she's created a bit of a brand that's like yep you're you have full access here right this is what i do and i think she's at one end of the spectrum where you might i'm at the complete you might be at the complete opposite end opposite end and you know what's funny is uh i <laughs> sure we'll talk about this on the podcast uh i went on yeah. a blind date recently and Uh-oh. the guy said to me uh after like two hours he was like you're a lot smarter than i thought you would be <laughs> i was like 
Thank you so much. Um, and Do you like then, flip your hair? Like, yeah, because you. I, I don't know because I'm a hairstylist or what, but then he said, you're also, he said, I thought you would be really boring and prudish because I looked at your Facebook and it's like all these like singing photos huh. and like, like cabaret stuffy stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't share every aspect of my life on social media. I'm actually pretty particular about what I do and don't share. And maybe I need to just not care as much anymore. But I thought, I was like, is that how people see me as like boring and fucking like stuffy? And I don't know. I suppose if you don't know me, I've never met you until now. Um, I wouldn't think that, but I also think you're coming off to me as a lot more um, just like, I have all these things to say and like I yeah. have interesting I have an interesting life. Yeah. And which in that is in no way a negative thing because I, I too believe we're getting too just there's so much stuff out there and like it is good to be private. I've reverted a little bit. I think I would fall in the middle mm-hmm. end of the spectrum where maybe that's where I need to live, but I will give you full access to certain things. Like yeah. the band, I want you to have you need to have full access to this because I want you to come to my shows right. and share my videos. My cat. Like here's cat, here's cat photos guys. But then really like whenever we go on vacation, there's no checking into the airport. There's no, this is, we just landed. We're on vacation. It's Mm -hmm. afterwards. I will post some very select photos on like Instagram maybe. Yep. But you know, you got to give people access to some things, absolutely. especially the things that get a lot of likes and a lot of traffic and like your son probably. Right. Right. Absolutely. But maybe you don't want to do that because yeah, it's different than my bit. cat. Probably. Yeah. I just in particular about like when he grows up, he might not want, you know, right. bathtub pics of him out there or whatever. But I do I hate using this term, but I think you do have to think about like your brand. Um, I have such a hard time even like saying that out loud. You like, do have my a brand. brand. Um, but you have, you have to. Whether to, you like it or not, that's what it is. Yeah. Right. And so you have to think about that and and how you want to post. And, you know, Elizabeth is one with her brand. I think she's super confident about what it is. And like it or not, that's what it is. Yeah. And so, she's like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it works so well for her, too. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. So you, and you even said like you were thinking about, um, you know, getting your social media presence and things like that and upping that, like... Th- you do you run it for your hair salon? I do. So see, like, take that. I've I know. Because is it very active? Are you active? And here's photos. I've and been more active. I took an online course about marketing for like salon, you know, for hair salons, marketing and Instagram, and so much of that. Like that's why then I like the next week created a music Instagram. Yeah. I was like, okay, I basically at least need to have these photos on here for like if somebody goes to look me up, they're like, oh, she's saying here and there. there. It's kind of like a portfolio yes. almost at this point. But going forward, I would like to do more. Like you know, Insta story from yeah. Soundcheck and stuff like that. When you Be- just when you just sorry to interrupt. No, when no, you no, just told me that you do a lot of like uh, stories and banter's, mm-hmm. record that. Right. Like when next when you do set up uh, recording yeah. of your show, like obviously get your music and get those videos done. But then just pull those like stories right. of songs and and post them that to me that's like the interesting stuff you know it is and i think it draws people in it's something it's a hustle you have to constantly be doing it. Like when I go home from work, that's typically when I'll post like hair photos or when I'm like, Oh fuck, I got to go find a singing photo and edit it, yeah. you know, like, cause it's, um, it's, it's just you doing it. I yeah. mean, unless you hire someone to do it, which yeah, and, I would love and we've to talked do. about ways to, to make it easier for you to those, uh, Facebook has a schedule yes, post, which they've now made even harder. The back of page of it is ridiculous and you can't use it. But I, whenever you have that hour, like usually Monday morning, I go through, for like the next two weeks and, and make sure posts are looking good. I, right. I get them ready to go. They're done. Instagram 
not that easy, but you can save drafts. So you can have so you the photo. Ready. So you can just log in, bam, post. Because right. uh, they won't let you schedule posts yeah. as far as I know. You got to get like third party apps. Hootsuite is one that you can yeah, do okay. and oh, schedule yeah. on several other you know platforms. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it. that's you, you, like we talked kind of off air is that it's easy for a band because I am the social media guy for our band. Right. But that's all I do. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do booking. I don't have to advance. I don't have to worry right. about uh, moving parts. I'm just make this make this good. Right, and, just and do, be done. When you post about, do you post in the third person? Because I always feel yes. weird. Like people know it's me being like Amy Friedel Stoner is like that's the part Everybody, that I'm just like I hate myself. Like yeah. when I post, I'm just like I'm such no, a cheese but, ball. But like, I think I don't think everybody does know that. I suppose, yeah, because like it now becomes professional. If right. if you, in fact, hey secret to you guys whether whether you do have a booking agent or not like res- when a right. message comes through and yeah. you're getting to a popularity schedule just say i will pass this on to the band right even though it's you <laughs> you know we used to PSI. do that now someone actually does but, right right but like like so so pr- act as if you don't run that page right yeah you know? well and it's sort of like when i have to <laughs> whenever i have to write a bio for myself like there's different you know different events oh, yeah, that i sing at they worst. have to be different lengths <laughs> we just talked I, about i'll write my bio <laughs> oh my and i fully God. like hate myself the whole time i'm writing it it's really hard for me to like brag Amy's about myself a powerful or, cabaret oh, singer and so, sweeping <laughs> the nation up and coming <laughs> but when i reeling from southeast <laughs> <laughs> but when I read other people's bios, I'm like, somebody wrote this amazing shit about no, them. No, probably not. No, they wrote it about yeah, themselves. I just never that remember that when I'm reading yeah. it. Yeah, it's hard. I think I think you're gonna I think you're gonna take some ownership of that and I make will. it. I, I mean, I'm getting you, you there. Will, you have the talent. You have the presence. You have the people that like you. They they want content from you. You just gotta post it. Yeah. Well, in this uh, class, this online class that I took, they said even like in hair salons, they want to see you. Like, yeah, yeah. they want to see yeah, your yeah, work, yeah. but they want to see you because most people are coming to you yeah. because of your post. So again, they want to see photos of you. It's just it's uh yeah. Well, people always it's not my jam. I always say we when I'm talking about Wolf Den wears. Yes. I I always say we. You have a team. I'm the only person here <laughs> for, for 90 percent of that. Right. Okay, you're talking quite a bit. My, bud. Yeah, I can, uh, me and Samson, we're yeah. hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's us. That's we. You know? The whole team. Well, yeah. A little funny too is like when usually when people message the pork tornadoes, they think it's Mason replying to everybody. Oh, <laughs> sure. So sometimes I'm, I'll act as if I'm Mason and say bad things, but <laughs> get him that's in how I got a couple, uh, I mean, and you can, you can get as deep on this if you want. I mean, a couple more personal questions. Cause that's kind of what this is, is like, yeah. we want to know more about you and, and how you handle it. Cause it might be somebody out there thinking about it, but For sure. like how, how is having a family, having a son and a business, like, how are you making time for music and, and are you getting backlash for like doing this hobby when you should be focusing on other things? Do you guys have any alcohol or any? We beer? do. No. do. Um, you have plenty. So, I was hoping you would say that. Um, I'm divorced. Uh, my ex-husband was actually super supportive of all of my music endeavors, um, but it's definitely something in a relationship that makes it hard. Um, as a mom, it's completely different. You know, part of me wishes I would have started all of this before I had my son, but I'm such. Uh, I mean, I'm a completely different artist and person since having a child, which is really dramatic, but very true. Um, so I don't know if I would have been ready it to do have all been of that. The same. No, and I also don't know if you I was might have given enough. it up then at that point to say, "Well, I have a family I have now, a kid. so let's yeah. give it up." Um, luckily, my son loves music. He's super musical, cool. so he 
right now still is super pumped to like come to any shows. My parents bring him, my ex-husband brings him to shows. Like he has become a part of all of it. He's obsessed with Fleetwood Mac right now. You know, so, so far it's been really, it's been a really cool thing to share with him. Um, As far as like my personal life, you know, my job, I'm self-employed, which that job couldn't be better as far as like, I can work whenever I want to. I can take off work whenever I want to for shows. Um, That's huge. It's huge. Yeah. But like I said to you, I don't know if, if it was off air or not, but um, you know, people are like, you haven't seen Game of Thrones. You haven't seen this movie or that movie. Like, no, when I go home after like laundry and dishes and all that shit, I'm booking, I'm returning emails because yeah. I'm booking my own stuff mm-hmm. right now or like writing Luke back about like, yes, these arrangements sound good or can you change this? Or then I'm like, usually sitting down exhausted and I'm like, I guess I could try to write something, but I'm so tired, you know? So it's, it's a lot, it's completely overwhelming and and you have to, you have to love it. But most people will view any, any sort of extracurricular activity like this as a hobby. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so they're like, okay, when's Amy going to get out of her little phase she's in right now? Right. Do you get that? I do. Um, I yeah. I had a mom at my son's school, a fellow mom. She saw me in the hallway, and she goes, um, "Oh my gosh, you're home for once!" And I was like, I get that "What?" All the time. And she's like, "I just see all these photos of you traveling, and I never see pictures of Weston at home." Oh come on! That so is then such I a left dig. there, and I was like, that "Oh my god, dig. I'm a bad wow. mom." I was like getting ready to post a picture of my kid, and then I was like, "Wait a second. No, no, like no, no, no. one, I usually post when I'm out of town because I think that's way more interesting than being like, you know, I'm at Casey's or whatever." Um, but, uh, also, you know, that's, I'm, I'm posting that I'm in New York to kind of promote myself and all of that. But I have to remember too, that that's, that's some issue with her. Like that's that the way jealousy. that she's chosen to do yeah. her thing. And that's, that's totally fine. But like, I'm not going to be on PTA. I'm not going to be like, I'll, no. I'll help with field trips and stuff, but I'm not, um, that's just, that's just not my jam. That's, that's her, ever that's been. her wishing that you weren't doing cool things right. so that you could, the only time you had, or the only thing you had in your life was just this one thing and you need to post about that. I mean, that's, that's yeah. total jealousy. Yeah. It's interesting. That's, that's right? a bad comment too. I, I took my son to New York, um, last month and he loved it. He was super excited and, uh, he got to see like some places that I sang and we did a bunch of touristy stuff and I had people comment like, I can't believe you took him to New York. That's so dangerous. What? I was like, so like kids live there. You know, like, like, yeah, like, like, we saw tons of kids there. Yeah, you guys. I didn't take him to like the middle of Africa. We, yeah, we didn't go like, to the middle yeah, of Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> Even there, um, there's so, yeah. kids there too, guys. <laughs> But I will say, I would say much more than the negative comments, I get people that are like, I think it's so cool that you're doing that. I think it's amazing that you're, you know, still pursuing your passion. Um, But, you know, again, you have to love it. Like it has to be, uh, because I had a mom message me a while ago. She sings and she's like, I really want to do cabaret stuff. I want to do my own show, but I just don't know if I can take the time away from my son. And I was super honest. And I wrote back, I'm like, it's it's really hard. You have to. It's really hard. If you do it, you will feel guilty. Like I often feel like I'm doing a really shitty job at almost everything. Like I'm kind of like barely keeping all these mm-hmm. fires put out. But if I stop doing this or, you know, spend less time with my son so I can be better, I I won't be happy. So kind of just balance, yeah. I guess. Do you get any sort of, other than like that kind of subtle stuff, do you get any mean backlash online or anything like that? Like people saying you suck and... Well, I haven't posted a lot yet, Mike. So ah, maybe in, yes, in a couple months, I can they don't report have back bad to, to you. Like you don't have any videos don't for have us to any, say that they suck. No, I don't the have like. Hate no, I don't have too many slutty pics out there yet yeah, for yeah. people We're to. We're working uh, on that. We got her, we got her a new like booking agent. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'll occasionally. You know, it's weird. I have 
um, sometimes an older audience. Mm-hmm. And I have people criticize sometimes. So I swear a lot in real life, to, to, so not at work, hopefully not around my son too much. Um, I don't swear usually in my shows, but occasionally I will. Or yeah. like if I'm telling a story, like I'm not particularly religious, so I don't talk a lot about God. And I'll have people comment sometimes, you know, like you should do this song or you should Ugh, do this other tough. song and you should, you know. Um, but you know, they're welcome to not come back to a show. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, don't it's change, my show. Don't change what like, you're doing. No. I mean, you can't, I, I used to focus on every little mean thing and be like, yep, they're right. We should, we, we, we're not good at that song. We should take that song out. It's like, and the rest of the band was good enough to be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You're thinking so hard Dude, about this one terrible person. 99 people loved it. One hated it. Yeah. So we're going to take it out. How about they just don't come back? Yeah, you know, and that's and that's a really hard thing to ingrain in your brain. It sounds like you already kind of have it. You're ready. I'm getting there. I mean, if you put something out there on the internet, it's fair game. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be ready yeah. for. And and the more people that see it, the more people that are yeah that are possibly open to hating yeah. it. So um, that's something that uh, I'll report back to you on in a couple months. <laughs> once once you have this mega uh, advertising yeah. campaign. Yeah, we're after this podcast. This might be your first round. <laughs> you, that exposure is good. Right. <laughs> well, uh, and the other question I kind of had for you that we've asked some of our, uh, our female artists have come in like, uh, what's it like being a woman in this crazy music business, let alone the world? Like, yeah, this music business. Are you? Are do you have any difficulties with that? Or do you? Um, I do sometimes. Um, I don't have like a lot of stalkers or anything. Um, I do a lot have of. <laughs> just a few. Um, just no, I mean I've had people. <laughs> I've had people do weird things. Um, there's a guy that constantly comments on my professional page, and I can't understand a lot of the stuff that he like. It's it's like not spelled correctly. There's no punctuation. There's no like it just doesn't. And uh, actually, one time, so he wrote something, and I didn't really understand it, and I was. Just like thanks so much for coming to the show because it was something that he had been to a show, but I couldn't even decipher what it was. But it was kind of creepy. And Elizabeth saw it and took a screenshot and she sent it to me. And she's like, "Answered like a pro." Because like, how do you yeah. answer this thing that's like, I, "Excuse I, me, what did you mean?" And then it's you like, know. I don't even want to ask him what he's talking about. Um, no, I mean I've had a couple. You know, I've had a couple weird requests. I did have a um, a guy ask me one time if he could hire me for a birthday party if I would dress up as Marilyn Monroe and sing happy birthday to his friend. Okay. okay. And I was like, no, (laughs) no, just because I'm uncomfortable with that. Like that doesn't... It doesn't seem. Uh, Did he offer you any money for that at all? That could have got a little bit of money, but see, that's yeah. the thing. Then it's like, then so am I a prostitute, or yeah. what's happening here? What are we um, doing? But no, I mean, for the most part, I will say, um, honestly, with some musicians, I don't know if it's because I'm a woman or just because um, they have attitudes. But that's been kind of an interesting. Uh, there was one musician that I'd hired for a gig, and he accepted. You know, he was like, "Yeah, that sounds good." You know, we talked about price and whatever. And then when I sent him the charts, he was kind of giving me attitude about like, well, I don't really like these tunes and whatever. And I'm sort of like, (laughs) okay. And I kind of was like, well, so are you doing the show then? And he wrote back something along along the lines of, yeah. And I don't need to hear from you again until the gig. Jesus. And I got, I was pit and I sent Luke this message and I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I'm like writing all these things. I was going to message him back. And then I, I slept on it. And I messaged him back the next day, and I was like, you know what? Why don't you sit this one out, yep. and then maybe we can work together again. And we have not mm, since then. Um, but Any you know, correspondence since then at all? A not little really? bit. Um, I think sometimes he wonders why he doesn't get gigs. But um, <laughs> you know, for me, the thing is, and I had trouble owning this for a while. Is that it's my show? Yeah. Like this isn't like 
I don't have a band. Um, I would like to have, I would love to have the same group of guys all the time. That'd be fucking amazing. But um, with schedules and stuff, sometimes it doesn't work. Also styles of music. Not everybody's as, you know, uh, great at the same styles. But um, for me, that's been a little bit difficult sometimes to uh, have to put my foot down and be like, hey, you know what? This is my gigs. Like if you're getting super wasted, it looks bad on me because I booked Opus or I it's booked Czech and Slovak Museum. I booked East Bank. So it's my name on the yeah. contract. So um, that's something I've had to learn a little bit. I don't know if it's a if it's a female thing or just, you know, because I've been newer at it. Um, but it sucks. It sucks to deal with unprofessional people. It's it's different if it's if it's our band, like we all kind yes. of represent each other. We are all in this together. But yes, if you're bringing a hired gun into a situation like they need to be utmost professional. Yeah. And most of them are. Yeah, I mean, of course. Totally. Of course. Most of them are amazing. Um, I do have my Ian story though. Should oh I yeah, tell yeah, that yeah now? share it. Yes. So how I met Ian was, this was my Christmas show uh, two years ago and uh, I had booked another bassist and uh, what I do for my Christmas show typically is we rehearse to like Wednesday night, Thursday night, and then the shows are Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So we'll rehearse twice, and then because it's music they've never it's, seen before, yeah. I send them like, or Luke usually does like YouTube links. We send them the charts. Right, and here's stuff. roughly what we're doing, and they're supposed to show up like pretty familiar with the songs and just kind of ready to go. They can read it during the show, though. That's fine. So um, this other bass player who re- will remain nameless um, was it AJ? Showed it up. No, <laughs> it was not AJ. Um, I remember this. I think. Showed up, and uh, he was very obvious that he didn't really know any of the tunes, hadn't really listened to them. Um, and again, this is me. Like I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting really frustrated. So that rehearsal ended and I was like, Oh my God, at least we have tomorrow night. You know, I sent an email. I was basically like, Hey, you need to revisit these tunes. You need to listen to them. Like we have to be tomorrow. needs just needs to be a straight run through. And, um, so Thursday, which would have been our dress rehearsal, he texted me. I was at work and I got this text that said like, yeah, I'm sick in my stomach and my throat. I'm not feeling well. I won't be there tonight, but I'll be there tomorrow. And I was like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, you can't, I can't do that. I can't, this you know. Doesn't work. And so I went to rehearsal and Tim Crumley was playing drums for me. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm freaking out. I'm not going to be able to find a bass player. And he's like, well, I work with this kid, Ian. Let me message him and see if he can do it. I'm like, he's not going to be able to come tonight and play the show yes, this weekend. He is. Like, this, he's not going to be able to do that. And he showed up. He was amazing. He was super professional. Yep. The next day, he's like, "Yeah, I went out and bought a new suit because I needed one anyway." Like he looked sharp. Yeah. In the photos, he's smiling. Like he looks happy <laughs> to be there. And I've used Ian pretty much ever since for stuff, unless yeah. he's been busy. Um, but he didn't he play the Fleetwood Mac stuff? He no, because he had that show. But I thought. Oh, he left for another one. That's yes. right. He had the anglers. He had something else. Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh. So far, Ian, anytime Birdchild's opened up for us, Ian has left immediately after his set because he had to go play another show. He's like yeah. double booked. Ian, yeah. you <laughs> have to stick around and see yeah. us play. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Quit being double you. booked. Um, so I didn't tell that story that year of the show, yeah. but last year at my Christmas show, I told that it story. Because totally Ian him. was, oh, he was, pretty, I think he secretly loved it. Um, but no, he was great. And he, again, that's what a hired gun needs to yeah. do. Like show up, do a great job. And guess who he showed up? He was professional, and now mm-hmm. he gets the gig whenever he wants it, whenever yeah. he's available. Because I mean, if you're a working musician, it went back to last episode. Like, if you're getting a chance to play at this bar, mm-hmm. you better treat everybody unbelievable, and the staff and everyone, right. because then they will want you back. Yep. Yeah, it's just Attitude, like treating you. Attitude is huge. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's that's a hard thing for me. Like, when I'm hiring guys to play, obviously they're not as invested yep. in it, like emotionally or financially, as I am. But like, if they seem like they actually enjoy it or do a great it job, that's them- well, none of us are making enough money for us for it to be miserable. 
Like it needs to be a balance between monetarily fulfilling and artistically fulfilling. Artistically. Yeah. And you know, some, some are like this, like some gigs that you mm-hmm. make the most money at, it just. Those are generally the worst. Mm-hmm. I'll go on record. I mean, like, you know, the, the corporate stuff, like those are the mm-hmm. weddings. They're the worst. Wed- yeah. But you yeah, know, I that's mean, why the price usually goes up for that kind of stuff. You exactly. Know? Where like I've done shows where I've made hardly any money, thankfully not very many of those, but those have been some of my yeah, favorites. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Especially in New York. Like, I don't typically make a ton when I no. go to New York on Maybe shows. You take care of your uh, travel, travel and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But they're my favorite. And then, obviously, usually I end up getting something else from that. So, like, yep. when we talked about goals earlier, like... Exposure. My goal, yeah, my goal <laughs> is just to keep getting another show. Yeah. And, obviously, I would love if they kept getting better and better and the venues kept getting better and better, but I just, I just want to perform. I just want to sing. Well, as we're wrapping this up, uh, I mean... I'm sure at this point, uh, people want to know where you're playing at next around town. I mean, I know you do have, you just announced the Christmas show at yes, the Paramount, at right? The Paramount. Yeah. That's December 13th at the Paramount, which I'm super and excited about And you can get tickets that. for that right now on Paramount yeah. website? Yep. Tickets are on sale. Nice. I'm sure everyone's thinking about Christmas, so it's perfect. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hot outside. Yeah, <laughs> I told myself I was going to say this. Yeah. But. Um, and then I'm performing at the Dubuque Arboretum July 14th. Uh, I am performing with the Cedar Rapids Municipal Band. That's the first week in July. I think it's July Oh, nice. Is that part of like uh, Freedom Festival and stuff like kind that? Kind of. Yeah, the Cedar Rapids Municipal Band is made up of uh, community members, and they're fantastic. Steve Shanley heads that up. He's great. Where's that going to be at? Um, Wednesday night the 3rd is at Guthridge Park in Hiawatha, I believe, and then Sunday the 7th is at the um, Amphitheater. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. They're, the, they're great. What's the best uh, venue you've played in town? Um, I've never done my own show at the Paramount until yeah. this, this Christmas, this but awesome. I would say, I mean, singing at the amphitheater is really cool. Yeah. I sang there at Jasmine to the Stars last year. That's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing to look out. So this will be your first Paramount show or this? I've performed there in like Follies right, and different Right, but this shows. will be your, your show. My first show there. Wow. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's, in, I mean, you've been on the stage before, but when it's, it's all for you, that's a really incredible feeling. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a great building. Yeah. If, and that, that was one of the reasons we wanted to do the Paramount was not only for our fulfillment of playing it, but also to hopefully entice people to come there. Yeah, like If you haven't gone to a show at the Paramount, like, go. Well, it's and so Jason cool. Anderson at the Paramount yeah, is he's the booking. Best. He's the best, and he's yeah. booking some really cool stuff yeah. into the next year. So I would say, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. I like that he's doing some different stuff there. It's yep. not, I mean, I love the Broadway series, but it's not just all that. Yeah. You know, it's, there's, they're doing like a Queen tribute yep. band. I saw something else, Janis Joplin yep. thing they're doing again. And, um, and he yeah. is, op- I mean, they are, op- people asked us a lot of times after our first Paramount show, like, well, how did you, why did they pick you to play the Paramount? I'm like, they didn't pick me. I We went there and said, we want to put on a show here and here's how we can back it. Right. And so like, if you have something that you think you can put on there, go yeah. talk to them. Yeah. They love supporting local. They do. And and not all venues in town do. So no, I think that's great that he does. Very true. That they do. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, it was awesome. I'm glad Thank to hear you. That's for already been an me. hour, I think. I haven't yeah. looked at it. Uh, we're pretty darn close. We yeah. literally, all of a sudden, an hour. I have like I so many more things we can talk about. Sorry, I had, I had so much caffeine before I came. Yeah, in. what's up with that? Super chatty. <laughs> well, Thank yeah, you guys for no, having we me. We appreciate though. you having everybody. Go check out Amy Friedel Stoner. She's got her Facebook pages and her Instagram that she's going to be making better. Yes, I promise. Thank you so much. She's going to be hire talking you to booking agent. Yeah, yeah. I'll gladly do it. I love doing that stuff. You're going to get a lot of weird stuff on there, but I'll handle it. Perfect. Yeah, so uh, everybody go check her out, and thanks again for coming. We Thank appreciate you guys it. for having me. All right, see you. Thanks.